Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I sometimes wonder how future generations will judge the events of this tumultuous year. This family being under the pressure that it's under, inevitably, you know, stuff, um, stuff happens. I simply, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. Hi there, you're listening to Royals. It's the only podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. My name is Zoe Burrell and I'm a writer about all things royal at New Idea. And I'm Angela Mollard and I'm a journalist, author and proud royal expert. On the show today, we're going to be chatting all about why Princess Beatrice's engagement party has been cancelled. And we're also talking about the three royal babies predicted for next year. All fingers crossed. Anyone's (laughs) guess. And we'll also chat about Princess Charlotte's Christmas wish. Oh, these are all good stuff subjects, aren't they, Zoe? I, I, w- I want to know the answers to all of them myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> luckily I do. <laughs> let's dive right in then and start with Princess Beatrice. So there's, of course, been all the drama mm. surrounding her father, but now she's had to go and cancel her engagement party. I know, poor Princess Beatrice. Like everyone else gets through the gates, don't they? Meghan and Eugenie, and they all have their weddings. And now poor old Beatrice is harnessed with the fact that her father is persona non grata and that anything she does is going to be surrounded with attention uh, focused on her dad. So she had planned an engagement party on December the 18th at Chilton Firehouse, which is a really cool old firehouse at a fire station in Marlebone in London. It's like all the celebs, Lily Allen, David Beckham, Kate Moss, they're always tumbling out of this place. They love it. It's kind of a very cool destination. Owned by the same person, incidentally, that owns the Chateau Marmont in LA. So you can see the kind of highfalutin, cool place that it might be. Anyway, she's had to cancel because, of course, news got out. There would be photographers, paparazzi there, and the very joyous news of her engagement and the celebrations would be overshadowed by, you know, presumably Prince Andrew coming in photographs of him. So... And I've had to cancel it. No one knows whether it's been rescheduled for on the same date at a different location. But I was kind of thinking, why would you have it there anyway with all this happening? They've got plenty of palaces and you can do that in a palace without anyone looking at you or, or taking a photograph. So exactly. why I'm not sure you, you just set up a very fancy party in the yeah, palace if like you wanted? like there's 700 <laughs> and something rooms at Buckingham Palace. Why you can't just have one there or their own um, Sunningdale, well, no, I've forgotten the name of the place they live out in Windsor. Um, but they've got a fairly grand place and also Windsor Castle's out there as well. So, I mean, it's not like they're short of a room or two. They don't exactly have to hire a scout hall for it, do they? <laughs> no, not like the rest of us. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, look, I think it's going to be very interesting to see generally what happens around Beatrice's wedding because not only is this now overshadowing it, but she's a very different creature to Eugenie. Eugenie loves, you know, second child, a little bit more outgoing. Beatrice is actually a very private, quiet person. So I think we could very well 
potentially see the wedding in Italy, which is where her fiancé's family are are based. It's hard to know. Weddings traditionally of royal brides happen, obviously, in England. But in these circumstances, would an Italian wedding work out better? I mean, if it was me, I think I'd be sort of opting for that (laughs) choice. Or she could go the St George's Chapel route. But again, that's very much in the public eye. I think it'll also be interesting to see whether it's televised because, of course, we know Andrew and Fergie pushed hard for Eugenie's wedding to be televised. The BBC turned it down. They didn't think it would rate highly enough and ITV took it on and then there was a small package on uh, BBC. But I don't think it's in Beatrice's character to actually want to have a televised wedding and certainly the circumstances that have unravelled around her dad in the last few months I think would tend to suggest that she'll be going quieter. But it remains to be seen. She can't even set a date re- yet, really, and there's a lot of thought around the fact that the Brexit vote needs to be, or the Brexit needs to unfold before she can set a wedding date. So it's a bit of a bummer being her, isn't it? I know, isn't it? All these events sort of getting in the way of your happy day. I know. Maybe they should just elope. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah, a nice and I can definitely star. see her going low-key. Yeah, 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 I think so too. But yeah, all the speculators. I'd love to know what her dress is going to be like. I think that'll be, that'll be lovely. But yeah, poor girl. I really feel for her. I know. Well, and I mean, talking about her dad as well, two witnesses have come out and said they saw Prince Andrew the night he was in the tram mm. nightclub, didn't they? Mm. There's a US lawyer who's flown over to uh, the UK to speak to two witnesses who both corroborate the fact that Andrew was in the tram nightclub. Now, if you remember, the, the crux of Virginia Dufresne's claim is that she had sex with Andrew three times. She was a minor, obviously, under age 17 at that stage, which under the law in Florida, she was underage. And one of her key claims is that she was in a nightclub with Andrew Uh, He was sweating all over her. And then after that event, they went back to Ghislaine Maxwell's house, who was a friend of Andrew's, and that's where sex apparently took place. Now, no one's corroborated Andrew being at the nightclub at this stage, which I find unusual because I would have thought there'd be a security log. I mean, a royal never goes anywhere without security. So I would imagine he would have had a uh, a protection officer around him. So surely that should be logged. But there's a lot of things about this story I don't understand. I don't know why Scotland Yard dropped. It didn't investigate the charges that Virginia Dufresne brought to them um, all those years ago. I don't understand why no one knows where Ghislaine Maxwell is. I don't understand why we haven't seen any kind of charges or even subpoenas laid for, for people to give evidence. It's a very... I think part of the problem with this case is that it's happening in the US, but it's affecting... the the central characters are based in the UK and so it sort of falls between those two jurisdictions. But as for these two witnesses, they both claim that they saw Andrew at the nightclub, that they couldn't fail to recognise a royal prince. He's, you know, he's been on the tea towels. They knew what he looked like. They didn't necessarily know who Virginia was, but they felt that they recognised her as well. And the US lawyer who came over... Uh, has spoken on television and said they are very credible witnesses. So it'd be interesting to see where it goes. Wow, yeah, very fascinating, mm. all of the stuff that's coming out. I mean, It's it, not ending anytime soon, is it? Well, we know working in, a, in media, you can't open a can of worms and then not deal with the worms. You have to actually find, there has to be an outcome to the story, whether it's laid to rest, whether there's no more um, charges laid, or whether in fact it, it rumbles on and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But the key character obviously is Ghislaine Maxwell, who was the friend of Prince Andrews and who was the girlfriend of Jeffrey Epstein. And of course, when Jeffrey Epstein took his own life in prison after being charged with these sex crimes, the spotlight then falls on her because she's... All the evidence from, you know, the many, the women that have done television interviews is that she was the pimp for him. She was basically procuring these girls. And in fact, the uh, Panorama interview with Virginia 
uh, Jufri, was very revealing about the way that girls were procured and how they were provided to Epstein and his mates at, at the many um, houses that he occupied. So I think it will be interesting. The big question is, where is she? Nobody has seen her or heard from her since the death of Epstein several months ago now. So there's a lot of talk that she's in hiding. But there's been a report in The Sun in the UK saying that she may do an interview, that she's looking at doing a US talk show interview to back up Andrew in his claims that he wow. never met her. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because that's the interview I'd really like to see. I'd like to see what she says about it. Bearing in mind that Panorama found a phone log from 5.50am the next morning after Virginia Dufry first made her claims against Andrew. Uh, not a phone log, sorry, a an email log that showed that Prince Andrew had emailed Ghislaine Maxwell to say we need to talk about Virginia Dufry. This is after him claiming he didn't know her, that he had no recollection of her. Obviously, when she made these claims, the very fact, you know, he didn't say, what's this all about? Or, you know, this is ludicrous. He said, we need to talk about. And I think, you know, it's a, it's very insinuating. Um, mm. so there's plenty to rumble on this one. Really, really tricky for the Queen. Very difficult for all the PRs and damage limitation people within the palace. But they need to get it right. And the they Prince do. Andrew interview wasn't getting it right. And obviously, her heads have rolled over that. But, yeah, what happens next will be interesting. Yes, well, I know Prince Andrew's 60th birthday is coming up soon too, isn't it? Which I'm sure would have been a big celebration. <laughs> yes, but... Prince Andrew's 60th birthday, that will not be the 60th <laughs> birthday. So the Queen had planned all the, the huge... I mean, we say the Queen had planned. Andrew would have insisted. I mean, the nature of Andrew and all the time that I was reporting in the UK, Andrew was the most pompous, the one the most entitled of the Queen's children, the one that sort of sat back and, you know, played golf. And I mean, just the behaviours that have come out, the conversations around... Um, his associations and I mean he, he's just he's got a questionable character to say the least I think anyway I think it, in the same way they did he demanded that Eugenie have a, a broadcast wedding he would have been seeking <laughs> his own birthday anyway that's been kiboshed and into the breach has stepped Princess Anne who turns oh. 70 next year so good old Princess <laughs> Anne all the attention will be on her which of course she will loathe so she's 70 in August and now apparently all the preparations that were being put onto Andrew's birthday have now shifted onto Anne's birthday. So poor old Princess Anne, who probably would just like to go and ride her horse on her birthday, <laughs> now has to have a <laughs> jolly birthday that she probably doesn't want just to keep the public and the Queen happy. And mm. a cute tidbit's come out about Prince Harry's relationship with his nephew, Aww, hasn't it? I know. Well, so this has been um, found in a biography, and it's a recent biography of Harry by Angela Levin, who I used to work with, actually. She's a terrific journalist, and she wrote uh, – she had great access to Harry and wrote his uh, biography in 2018. And there's an uh, anecdote in it where Harry talks about meeting George for the first time and how he had said to people, well, you know, I do charge for my babysitting to William – and then there was another anecdote about Michelle Obama and the Obamas coming to visit. And it was when little George, I think, was oh, in his I dressing that gown. I that was so cute. Exactly. And Harry was there. Now, Harry had always been really rambunctious with George and thrown him around and wrestled with him. And, and then apparently George was saying, why are you so quiet, Uncle <laughs> Harry, while, while they are at this event? Because, of course, it's a formal event with the with the Obamas. And so Harry wasn't his normal self. And so that anecdote is, is in it as well. But what made me sad about that anecdote is I wonder how often Harry now sees George because of the split between the brothers. And I think this is the... The knock-on effect of, of that kind of unrest in families is that you don't have that, 
it may be between William and Harry, but it has consequences for the kids as well. And, you know, is Archie growing up seeing Charlotte and George and Louis? I mean, you have to wonder if clearly they're not because they're having no connection with them unless behind the scenes there's some repair going on. But Harry making the comment that he and his brother were going in different directions has huge ramifications, not just for themselves, um, the two, the, the Cambridges and the Sussexes, but their children and you know, when you're a royal and you can't just go and knock on your next door friend's door and go and have a play, your cousins actually matter. They matter a lot. So I hope they can resolve it because oh, so do I. otherwise Archie will become one of those spoiled brat children. You need to knock around with your cousins. Although, is there rumours of three new royal babies? There, so are, there are. I'm going to give you a chance <laughs> to speculate on the three that might be, Zoe. I know oh, you've been well, busy all morning, say, so you can't have read all the stories. Have to say, Eugenie. Mm-hmm. And well, Harry did say they wanted two, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking that. Yeah. And it's got to be Kate, doesn't it? Yep, you got yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the odds are pretty. The, the highest, as you say, is Eugenie. Everyone thinks that she will get pregnant next year. I'm just going to tell you what the odds are. Eugenie is one to two. This is by Ladbrokes in the UK. Um, and then Meghan Markle next at six to four and Kate Middleton to give birth in 2023 to one. Yeah. No, I sit, I'm thinking Kate first. Really? I really am. Yeah. I think, I think she wants the four. We should have a little sweepstake. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- I think Kate, but uh, look, you know, three definitely. Although, you know what? Beatrice could just go, stuff all this. I'm not doing the <laughs> wedding. I'm just going to have the baby. Eduardo's already got a son, as we know from his uh, uh, previous partner. She should just go and have the baby and worry about the wedding later, perhaps, don't you think? No, oh, maybe. Not very so. royal, obviously. <laughs> but could be four babies then. And finally, speaking about the kids, we have to tell this story. Now, there's something that Charlotte has on her Christmas list. It is, and it's not a Nerf gun. Um, <laughs> it's a pony, which brings, <laughs> just makes me think of that Roald Dahl line. You know, one of the kids in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory goes, Daddy, I want a pony. You can just imagine <laughs> Charlotte being like, anyway, she wants one. William thinks she's a bit young. She's only four, obviously. But the Queen got her first pony, a Shetland pony, when she was four, a little wow. pony called Peggy. Um, and, of course, the Queen went on to become quite the horsewoman, as did Princess Anne and Zara, her daughter. So I think the fact that Charlotte wants a pony, the Queen would be delighted. <laughs> but don't you think the Queen would just have a few spares? Like, shouldn't Surely. she just give them? Like, you don't have to go and buy a pony. I mean, they breed them, don't they? I mean, I'm not one saying that she needs a racehorse, but, you know, just a little runt of the litter for Charlotte. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be one in the grounds of the palace somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you imagine, though? I reckon being royal is the best way to have a child who likes horses because everyone else has to, you know, load up those horse carts and spend thousands of dollars. If you're royal, it's all there and you can send the staff to do it. You don't have to spend your whole weekend <laughs> driving around the countryside on that, going to those horse meets. So. Give her a pony. Although I've heard a rumour that Kate's allergic. Yes, I heard that too. I know. I just imagine this is like, William, that's your job. I'm going to go and play tennis with George and you can take Charlotte (laughs) off with the horses. Speaking of which... Uh, Kate's having tennis lessons. Oh, yeah, she? yeah. She's a pretty gun tennis player. I thought player. she was already pretty good. She is really good, but she's going to the um, this club in Chelsea that Princess Diana used to exercise at. You know, we, we, we there used to always be pictures of her. So she goes to that and she has tennis lessons and she takes the kids sometimes. And there's a big climbing frame and everything. She's so gorgeously normal, isn't she? I know. I love it. I know. I wonder who she plays tennis against, though. Oh, well, she's friends with Andy Murray's mum. 
Oh, isn't she? she is. That's right. Yeah. I wonder how that would go. <laughs> good. Imagine being able to play with Andy. Anyway, I we know, know George had lessons with George, um, <laughs> Roger Federer, so it's not like they're short of competitors, is it? <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. We've got a pony for Charlotte and maybe a tennis racket for Kate <laughs> on the Christmas list this year. <laughs> how exciting. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. Thanks, Zoe. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And, of course, don't forget to pick up the latest copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 